church. Good morning and welcome to Riverside. So glad you guys are here today. It's so glad to have all of you here in the room in the house. If you're joining us for the first time, man, we are so glad that you are here. Thank you for being with us today. And if you're watching online, always glad to have you join us from wherever you are. Today we are beginning a new series called It's Just a Phase, So Don't miss it. And, and just so you know, here's the big idea behind this series. You, you, if you have kids, if you've got grandkids, if you've got friends with somebody that has kids, you've probably either said or heard someone say something like that, like this, it's just a phase, right? And we typically say that whenever, whenever we see a kid going through a difficult time and we say that to be encouraging to, to mom or dad or whoever it is to let them know that whatever they're going through, it's just a phase and it's going to pass. And that's true and that can be encouraging, but, but here's what we want to lean into during this series, that, that, that our kids' lives, they're made up of phases. In one phase, we move, move from one to the next, and then one day we look up and we see how all of these phases have, have run together and formed a story that is a journey, that is their life, and we just don't want to miss. We don't want to miss any phase of our kids' lives. I love the way that Reggie Joyner defines this idea of a phase. And I want to begin with this today. When we talk about what a phase is, what, what is that, what does that mean? Every phase is a time frame in a kid's life when you can leverage distinctive opportunities to influence their future. And, and the reality is, is whenever you begin to think about and you begin to count the time that you have, that's when you begin to think about and imagine how do you make the time you have count. Have you ever thought about that? You ever thought about how much time you have? 
Um, I don't recommend you do this. I did this, but you should not do this. But there is a website you can go to that will tell you how much time you have left on planet Earth. It's called Death Clock. And again, I would not recommend you go visit this website. But if you do what I did, then you go, you pin your birthday, you answer a couple of quick questions. There's nothing scientific. I'm convinced about this whatsoever. But I did this and I discovered, well, I discovered, first of all, there's four different settings. There's uh, the normal setting, uh, the uh, pessimistic setting, the optimistic setting, and then there's the sadistic setting. I didn't, I didn't touch that one. But according to the normal setting, I've got 29 years left to live. Yikes. Uh, 10,000, what is it? 10,585 days. I wasn't really thrilled about that answer, so I went ahead and clicked over to the optimistic setting. And much better news, I'm going to live till I'm 96 years old, which gives me 18,980 days to live, which is pretty exciting. The, 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 the crazy thing is once you do that, this little uh, countdown clock appears on the screen, literally counting down the seconds you have, right? It's quite terrifying. But think about this. If you knew how much time that you have, how would that change the way you use the time you have? How would that change the way you spent your money? How would that change what you worried about? How would that change who you spent time with? How would that change how you used the time you have? When we begin to count the time we have, we begin to think about, right, how we can make the time that we have count. And the reality is, is we don't know. We just don't know. There's no website that can tell you how much time you have left. But we do know, generally speaking, we do know how much time we have with our kids from the time they're born until they graduate. In fact, from the time your kids are born until the time they graduate, you've got about 1,000 weeks, 936 weeks with your children from the moment they're born until they graduate and they leave home for college. What's interesting is that, you know, from the moment your kids are born, that's when you literally start counting down the days, right? You start counting down the days until they're out of diapers because when that happens, it feels like you get a raise, right? You start counting down the days until they stop teething. You start counting down the days until they can eat by themselves or until they can go to the bathroom by themselves or until you can go to the bathroom by yourself, right? These are the kinds of things. You start counting down the days until these milestones happen and it just kind of happens over time and you just keep counting down the days, trying to figure out how much time you've got. And then before long, you look up and you realize, oh, it's time for them to go to school. Now you're in the elementary days and you were counting down the days until this happened because as soon as they go to school, you feel like, man, maybe now I can get a break, right? They've got to go to school every day. I get a break every day. And you look up and all of a sudden now, now those elementary school days are over and they're headed to middle school. And you're thinking, how in the world is this possible? How could I be old enough to have a middle school kid, much less a preteen or a teenager? How, how is that possible? But get this, by the time they turn 13 years old, you've only got 260 weeks left. From the time they turn 13 until the time they graduate from high school. And then you realize, oh man, at this point, now I'm two years away from them turning 15. And they start driving, they get that driver's permit, right? And when they turn 15, now you're down to 156 weeks before they leave home. They graduate from high school and they go to college. 
And you're thinking, well, now they've got about a year, 52 weeks, until they start driving by themselves, which is both exciting and, let's be honest, terrifying, right? You're excited because now they can finally go places by themselves because for the last who knows how many years, you weren't sure if what you were doing was parenting or just Uber driving because you've been taking them everywhere every day for the last 15, 16 years of their life. But now they've got this newfound sense of freedom, which is also exciting and yet also terrifying and before long you look up and now they're not 16 anymore now they're about to begin their senior year and at this point they've got 52 weeks before they graduate and you begin to think you begin to look back over the years and you begin to wonder about the time you had and if you were able to make the time you had count did you did you focus on the right things Or did you maybe spend too much time on things that don't matter? And now you've only got 52 weeks. Is it too late to to teach them, to talk to them about what matters most? Are they going to have everything they need from this point forward to make it in life? And if you're a parent in the room, if you're a grandparent in the room, you know what I'm talking about. And and I'll be honest, there's a sense in which this series is going to be going to be for all of us in the room who are parents, grandparents, who work with kids, maybe on a daily basis in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Because we understand that the time we have with our kids, it truly is limited. And we want to make the time that we have count. But but I I want to lean into this too. If you're in the room or you're watching online, if you're joining us for this series and you're thinking, man, I don't have kids, I'm single, Um, maybe our kids are grown, or maybe you're thinking, I don't even like kids, I get that too. Uh, You're wondering, is there going to be anything for me? I I want to encourage you to lean in as well. Because if you're a member of this church, then you know something that's true. The church isn't just something we do for an hour a week on a Sunday. Church is a family, a faith family. And we all have a God-given role to play in the lives of our kids, in the lives of our students. And that's what it means to be a church. A church is a family and we all have a role to play. We all have a part to play in the spiritual life of our children. And when we begin to think not just as parents or as grandparents, but as a church, about, about the time that we have with our kids, then we start thinking as a church, how do we make this time count? Uh, if you have your Bibles or your Bible app, I want to encourage you to go and open up to Psalm 90. What we want to do as we begin this series is begin with these ancient words, this, this little piece of wisdom, because as followers of Jesus, what's most important to us, what matters most to us is that our kids, as they grow up, they grow up to to know God and to love God and to serve God with their lives. But that doesn't happen by accident. That happens when we lean in and we think deeply about how do we help our kids come to know God? How do we help them come to love God? How do we we help them develop this, this heart for serving God and for serving others? And in Psalm 90 verse 12, the psalmist gives us this ancient piece of wisdom that if we lean into it, I think it has the power to not only change the way that we parent or the way that we grandparent, but also the way that we as a church think about our role in the spiritual lives and formation of our children. Psalm 90 verse 12, the psalmist says this, Teach us. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Now, if you've got your Bible open, you may want to underline that, highlight that. If it's on your phone or whatever device you got, you may want to screenshot that or save that or highlight that or save it for later. you got to get this. 
What is the psalmist saying? Teach us to number our days. Teach us to count the time we have. And as we do, teach us to think about how we're going to make the time we have count that we may gain a heart of wisdom. What is the psalmist saying? Wisdom says, don't miss it. The temptation, right, is to rush from this phase and get to the next phase as quickly as possible. Because this phase, whatever it is, is hard. And sometimes we just want to get through it and get on to the next phase. Hey, I get that. We've, got, we've gone through some hard phases in our family, right? You have too. Sometimes you want to get past this phase and get to the next phase with the hope that it's going to be better. But don't rush it. Don't rush past this phase. Yes, it's only a phase, but don't miss it. The truth is you're only going to know your two-year-old as a two-year-old once. Some of you are saying, thank goodness. <laughs> I get that too. But the truth is you've only got 52 weeks. To know your two-year-old as a two-year-old, don't miss it. You've only got 365 days to know your 10-year-old as a 10-year-old. Don't miss it. You've only got 12 months to know your 15-year-old as a 15-year-old, and you don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it because every phase is an opportunity to point your kids to Jesus. And the reality is, is it looks different at every phase, but every phase has unique opportunities to point your kids to Jesus. And, and in those early years when they're young, it begins with a sense of wonder, right? The sense of wonder. They, 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 they have this opportunity when they're young to have their eyes open to, to see God and to see all that he has made. I'll never forget when, uh, when my kids were little, we were out in the backyard and we were literally laying in the grass looking up at the clouds. And I don't know the scientific name for the clouds. Some of you that pay attention in science class, you know it. But it was those big fluffy clouds, you know what I'm talking about. We call them Toy Story clouds in our family because that's the clouds that you see at the beginning of Toy Story. Anyway, um, it was, so we're looking at the clouds and it's like, hey, that one looks like, you know, a dinosaur. That one looks like a you know, frog, whatever it was, a butterfly. And all of a sudden we're laying there in the grass looking up in the, at the clouds. And if somebody had been watching from inside the house and looking out the window, they would have missed this moment. But I'll never forget this moment because we're looking up at the clouds and all of a sudden it dawned on one of my children, God made those clouds. And they were filled with a sense of wonder and awe and amazement at, at God and at all that he had made. When they're young, we have this opportunity, right? You may think when they're young, I'll, I'll wait till they're older before I start talking to them about God or to teach them about the love of God or who God is or all this stuff. But you don't want to miss this phase in their early years because it's an opportunity to fill them with awe and wonder. And that leads to a life of worship. And you don't want to miss this phase. You want to lean in and teach them. This is where they learn to know who God is, to know all that he has made and be caught up with a sense of wonder that will lead them into a life of worship. And then they get a little bit older. And now they're in those middle school years, and that's when they have an opportunity to discover who God is in all that he has done. And I love this phase. I'll never forget several years ago when we were living in Atlanta, this mom came to me. She said, hey, would you, would you talk to my, to my boys about Jesus? And I was like, I would love to do that. You know, who wouldn't want to do that? And so literally I meet them up like on a Tuesday night at a Dunkin' Donuts. And we're sitting there, never met them before in my life. And we're getting to know each other. And finally I asked them, you know, so, so what do you guys know about Jesus? And, and they didn't know, they were like, we don't know much. 
And for the next hour, I start telling them story after story after story about Jesus, about who he is and all that he's done. Stories like when he walked on water, when he fed the 5,000, when he died and rose from the grave. And their minds were blown. It was one of the funnest hours of my life because they were like hearing some of these stories for the very first time. And it was awesome to see how excited they were to, to discover who Jesus is and all that he has done. And when kids discover who Jesus is, that's when they have an opportunity right? To not just know God or know about God, but then begin to grow in their love for God. And then they get a little bit older and now they have a chance because they've, they've had a chance to be filled with wonder that's led them to worship because they've discovered who Jesus is and all that he's done for us. Now they have an opportunity as they get a little bit older into those high school and college years, right? To develop a passion, a passion for serving God and for serving others to know that they matter and to know that they can make a difference in the world. And this is an incredible phase. You don't want to miss this. I'll never forget when I was, when I was younger, I grew up in a church where my mom taught the four-year-old class, right? And from time to time, she would recruit me to come help her teach those four-year-olds. And I don't know if I was any good at it, but I loved it, right? I loved helping out in that class because it gave me this sense that I had a, I had a purpose, that I could help, that I, I mattered, that I could make a difference. And as I got a little bit older, the church I was a part of gave me opportunity after opportunity to go on mission trips and to, to serve. And, and here we are making real tangible difference in the lives of other people. And it's like, oh man, this is incredible. You develop this passion because you realize you can serve God. You matter to God. You matter to the church and you can make a difference in the lives of other people. It's one of the reasons I love Riverside. Some of you may not even know this, but I love that our teenagers have an incredible opportunity to grow up serving in this church. You may not even be aware of this, but it's not uncommon to find our teenagers teaching our, our kids in class on a Sunday morning. It's not uncommon to see our teenagers on this stage as a part of our worship team, to see them up in the booth serving with the AV team, with slides or with sound or in different ways up there. It's not uncommon to see them serving during our community outreach events. That Easter egg extravaganza Doug was talking about, my buddy, I don't want to spoil it, Little kids, close your ears. Aiden was the Easter bunny. He saw nine million kids in one night. <laughs> Had his picture made with every one of them, right? I mean, this is a church where our teenagers have a chance to serve. And it wasn't just Aiden. It was all of them who showed up to serve and to help out in different ways with candy and eggs and all the things that were going on. It was unbelievable to see that our kids were a part of serving in that way. And they get to go on mission trips and service trips. And Grayson has all kinds of opportunities for them to develop this heart, this passion, for serving God and serving others, to know that they matter, to know that they can make a difference. When you begin to think about the time you have, then you can begin to think about how you can make the time you have count. And it's so important. And what I want to encourage us to do as parents, as grandparents, but even more so as a church family over the next few weeks is to really lean into this idea and really into this question. Here's the question. What wouldn't you do to help our kids become lifelong followers of Jesus? What wouldn't you do to help our kids to have a, a life-changing encounter with Jesus that would change their lives for the rest of their lives? Some of you know this, but before... Our family moved here to Riverside and, and, and we came here. I was in student ministry for about 20 years. 
And every, every year, in fact, we're getting ready to do it here at Riverside in a few weeks, I'm sure. But every year around this time of year, we had a, a day at church called Senior Sunday. And it's a day where you recognize your seniors and you honor them and you give them love and, and support and encouragement, right? And, and for me, it was always a bittersweet day, but maybe not for the reason you're thinking. I mean, yes, I was... I was excited for them, but also sad to see them go at this point in their life. They're not just, you know, students in your ministry. Now they're, they're friends. And, and while you're excited for their future, you're, you are sad to see them go. There's sort of that bittersweetness that, that, is, that is, you know, right there in that moment. But the reason it was a bittersweet day for me wasn't necessarily because of that, but because of another reason. Uh, back in my day, you know, back when I was young and cool like Grayson, um, the research said, that 6 out of 10, 59% of kids that grew up in a church, once they graduated from high school, they would walk away from the church, walk away from the faith. Now that's a statistic, but let's, can we make this real? We can do this, can't we? Um, yeah, Chris, come on up. You guys come on up. But let me get these teenagers. You guys come on up for me. I asked them earlier to come up, like in the middle of worship. I was like, hey, I need your help. What we got? One, two, three, four, five, seven. I got seven. I need, I need a few more. Let me grab. Finley, can you help, help, help us real quick? Morgan, yeah, one more. Oh, Aaron, come on. Perfect. Ten. Hey, you guys just come up, and I'll tell you what. Just line up across the front right here. Just make a line. Yeah, just line up, line up, line up. Yep, come on down. Let's go on down a little more, Finley. Let's get a little more room here. Good deal. Come on down. So this, we got ten teenagers here, right? So let me just ask you to go ahead and choose, church. Which six do you want to see walk away from the church, from faith, and from God when they graduate? 2019, they re-ran the numbers in the research. This is pre-pandemic, so I would guess even now, the number's probably a little higher, but it had risen to 64%, so 6.5. And I'll let you decide which one of them we cut in half. But which six or seven? I'll tell you what, Finley, take a knee. Aiden, take a knee. Will, take a knee. Josh, take a knee. Layton, take a knee. Take a knee. Is that one, two, three, four, five, six? One more. Aaron, take a knee. Is it getting real for you yet? You see, this is the reason that this series isn't just a series for parents or grandparents, church. This is a wake up. Every adult, every person in this church needs to think deeply about, about what it means to be a part of this faith family and what we wouldn't do to help these guys right here when they graduate from high school. To instill in them a faith that when they, when they walk across that stage and get their diploma and they go to college, they don't walk away from God. This is the reason, parents, why you need the church. Because you need other adults, spiritual adults in the lives of your kids to love them, teach them, invest in them. For them to know that they've got somebody else in their corner that's cheering them on, loving them along the way. Somebody that they can go talk to when they don't want to come talk to you because that moment's going to come too. And that's okay. Can I give you one more piece of research? You guys just stay where you are for one more second. Let me tell you why this is so important. In a survey of 1,000 young people, 
from ages 18 to 30, researchers found that teens who had at least one adult from church make a significant time investment in their lives were more likely to keep attending church. More of those who stayed in church by a margin of 46% to 28% said five or more adults had invested time with them personally and spiritually. You see, we got to widen the circle. It's not just up to mom or mom and dad or dad. It's, it's not up to the grandparents. We need the church to step in and be the church for our kids. Because I don't know about you, but I want to change that number from, what is it, 64% walk away? What is that, 36? Is that right, Doug? Stay? Can we make that 36 into 100? Guys, can you stand up? I don't want to see a single one of our kids walk away from the church, walk away from the faith, walk away from God. And I want them to know that for the rest of their life, they never walk alone. And it's not, the message isn't just that God is with them, because he is. God is with you guys, and he will always be with you. He's always going to be for you. The message is God's church is with you, and God's church is for you, and you never walk alone. You never walk alone. Yeah, it's just a phase. But at every phase, we have an opportunity to point our kids to Jesus in church. We don't want to miss it. If you would, let's stand. Thank you. We don't know how much time we have left. But generally speaking, we know how much time we have with our kids before they leave home and graduate. And church, what I want to suggest over the next few weeks is that together we lean in and we don't miss these moments. That we count the days and we make the days count. So that when our kids do walk across that stage and they're ready to graduate and they're ready to go into the next phase of their life, they go into that next phase, the next part of their journey, the next chapter of their lives with a confidence and a hope and a faith in Jesus that lasts a lifetime. And I know it's not easy. Parents, I know we're in the thick of it as well, right? We're right there with you. And I want you to know, when I, as I'm up here talking about this, I'm not talking as the expert. If anything, I'm not the expert. <laughs> That's what you learn as a parent. You don't, I mean, you got it all together. But I do want to offer parents a couple of quick things. First of all, if you're a parent in the room, I want you to know we love you, we care about you, we're here for you. And over the next, I think, four weeks now, we started this morning, but the next four weeks, we've got a parenting class just for you. Alicia and I were teaching the first two weeks, my wife and I, and we would love for you to join us in the gym next week as we continue that class, just giving you practical tools, tools in your toolbox to help you along your parenting journey. And there'll be other people coming in in the weeks that follow to help do the same thing as well. But secondly, if you need someone to pray with you, if you're going through a, a difficult phase right now, I want you to know you're not alone. And we've got some elders in the room. I, I know Doug's going to come up and close us out, but Mike's in the back, and I see some others. Clark is here. I'll be in the back as well. If you need someone to pray with you this morning, we're going to be in the back of the room during this next song, and I would love for you to come and join us and just let us pray over you, over whatever phase of life you're going through that may not be very easy right now. And let us help you along your way, encourage you, and bless you. For all of us in the room, I want, I want us to think about how can we lean in and how can we help? How can we point our kids to Jesus? Maybe this week you need to point to the clouds and say, let me tell you who made those clouds and fill your kids with awe and wonder. 
maybe you need to tell them a story about Jesus and, and let them be amazed again at who Jesus is and all he has done. Maybe you need to grab somebody and say, hey, come, let's go do this together and help them learn to serve. Put them under your arm. Take them with you to do something to help somebody out and so that they can know that they have an opportunity to make a difference in the life of someone else so that they know that they matter. This is so important. Every phase, it may be just a phase, but we don't want to miss it. We're, we're going to sing one more song, and then after that, we've got one more thing. So I want to ask you to hang with us. I know we're running a little long today, but we have an opportunity to witness a phase in someone's life. One of our own, Daniel Ortman, is going to get baptized here in just a moment. And we're excited to witness this moment, to celebrate this moment with him, with his mom, with his family. Um, it's going to be a special moment in the life of this church. One of their family friends, Lathan, is going to baptize Daniel. We're excited about that. The reason it's important is because when he comes up out of the water, church, it's not just that he walks with God, but he walks with us. So stay around for five more minutes. Give that boy a hug. And I'm going to let him know he is loved and he's not alone. That's what it means to be a church family. Somebody say amen.